There are over 30,000 Canadians on the streets on any given night. Up to 15% of the homeless population in Canada is struggling with mental illness, and there is a lack of affordable housing that meets their specific needs, says Dr. Vicky Sturgiopoulos, psychiatrist-in-chief at St. Michael's Hospital. The wait list for housing among people with mental illness addictions are very long. And then housing and supports are often not coordinated or sometimes they don't follow the best evidence. Helping people with mental illness off the streets is as complex as the problems they face, says Dr. Gino Distazio, director of the Institute of Urban Studies at the University of Winnipeg. Yet programs like At Home Chez Soi have demonstrated that Housing First is one of the most effective solutions. Housing First reaches out to the most difficult to support. Individuals being reached by Housing First are often they haven't been seen in years, maybe even a decade. So these are individuals who have very complex backgrounds, very difficult situations. So when you're struggling with mental illness and you're in and out of shelters and you're in and out of psychiatric settings and you're in and out of ERs, and if we can alleviate that by connecting people to the right sets of supports and the right services, you reduce the burden on society. While Housing First does not prevent homelessness occurring for the first time, but if you've been homeless and you've tried other programs and you've struggled and failed, there's a much, much higher likelihood that once you get into a Housing First program, you will stay housed and supported at a much higher rate. Housing First initiatives offer homeless people with mental illness immediate access to housing as well as adequate help and social supports, explains Dr. Sturgiopoulos. The more complex needs somebody experiences, the more support they would receive. And the supports are very client-driven, recovery-oriented. At any step of the process, they respect the client's choices. There are no preconditions of taking medication or seeing a psychiatrist or stopping using alcohol or drugs. And this seems to work for this population. So any housing strategy needs to offer that kind of choice. When people have choice as to their environment, they are more likely to succeed in staying housed. In fact, less than 20% of people who have participated in the at-home Chez Soi project did not stay housed. The success of such initiatives should not just be about how many people stayed housed, reminds Dr. Distazio. What we have to remember, like any type of intervention, medical or not, there's always going to be a range of individuals where it just simply doesn't work. To us, it's really about reconnecting people who've been disconnected from the system and helping support their transition back into the right sets of support. Studies have shown that housing first decreased the amount of health services a homeless person might need, says Dr. Distazio. We may have somebody who is tremendously ill but had been going in and out of ERs and in and out of the wrong types of doctors, just didn't have enough stability in their life to get the pathway they needed into the medical system. Stable housing, a supportive case manager, the right sets of supports can actually dramatically change the health outcome and offset the cost. So now 20 visits to the ER are reduced to two. Visits to psychiatric emergencies are reduced dramatically because they have access on an ongoing basis with a psychiatrist, a general practitioner, and a team that's connected them into the right services. Creating a more robust system is key, adds Dr. Distazio. The Housing First model incorporates highly sophisticated teams, whether it's 10 or 15 individuals who are working with a much smaller caseload of individuals. 
they can build those very strong relationships. So if my entire caseload is 10 or 15 clients, I get to know them. So 10 or 15 people discussing 100 clients is much better than a current system where one social worker may have hundreds of clients. One of the key and core elements is building trust and having real strong relationships with the clients and service workers. Relationship building with the landlords who might be reluctant to rent to people who have been homeless is equally important, says Dr. Sturgiopoulos. The program targets no more than 20% of program participants to be housed in a single building so that we strive for social inclusion. Again, very working very closely with the landlords to identify any challenges in the housing, encouraging participants to have rent paid directly to the landlord. These were some of the strategies to engage landlords with the program. Ending homelessness will not be achieved with one single solution, adds Dr. Destasio. We have to have a range of options that, yes, include housing first, but that include transitional housing, supportive housing, shelters, missions, drop-ins, day programs, and let's just fit people to the right types of services. And I think that's what's been missing. Homelessness needs to be treated as an economic issue, but also as a health and human right, says Dr. Sturgiopoulos. We know that homelessness costs the Canadian economy enormously, approximately $7 billion annually. I don't think we can afford to continue that way. Dr. Destasio agrees, adding that Housing First has given homeless people a chance for social inclusion. Housing First has been a proven intervention since the early 90s. So I think if we do continue to make investments in Housing First, there will be returns. And I think it's a great return when you see a Canadian who has spent months and months in shelters and on the streets in a stable apartment working towards recovery and really just functioning at a much better level. And again, whether that turns into a job or whether it just turns into a more satisfying life, isn't that a success? For Evidence Network, I'm Melanie Holoboski.